I'm Jamie, and this is the Speak Up Sister podcast. Today, we will be talking about how our beliefs about peacemaking affect our willingness to speak up when we need to. Welcome to Speak Up Sister. We're still your same hosts, Jamie and Jody, and we still have the same great content. We just have a new name and a clearer vision for what we want to deliver to you in this podcast. We are advocates for women of Christ discovering and using their voices. We're here to support you in speaking up and in making vital contributions in your most crucial conversations. Come on in and take a seat. You are in the right place. everybody. It's so great to have you back with us. Thank you so much for continuing with us on this journey. It's It's been really enjoyable and, and Jody and I are, are finding more and more ideas and, and things that we want to talk about and more ways to, you know, to include mm-hmm. the, the important ideas in our lives right now in our conversations. So thanks for being here and supporting yes. us in this, you know, in this effort. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. Yeah, well, and if you've been listening, you know that we have about five areas of focus. If you want more information about that, check out our website at speakupsister.net. But today, this episode is specifically on peacemaking, fits into the third category, which is speaking up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. This is a, an important topic. So why are we talking about peacemaking today, Jody. Well, because it's complicated for women. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that our theme? I must be. It must be. If this is complicated think, for women, we should talk we're about gonna it. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Women, we're socialized to feel responsible for the feelings and well-being of those around us. And not only are we socialized for that, in some ways we're hardwired mm-hmm. for peace. And so that's a really good thing. It's just that it can get really convoluted when we start to take it a step too far and believe that we are responsible of keeping things peaceful. I think we all have some level of experience with just having a natural capacity to keep tabs on the emotional temperature in relationships and to be able to pick up on things and and have an idea of what to do to keep people comfortable or, you know, contribute to just peaceful experience at all. That tends to be something that women in general are good at. Mm -hmm. Well, and we're called in that sense, you know, the peacekeepers, right? So we're keeping the peace. Yes. Yeah. Which is the word that we tend to associate with all of this cultural conditioning. Mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of social reinforcement for this, for us to believe and act like we can and should make things better for others. We should keep things peaceful. Mm -hmm. We learn it from our moms, our grandmas, our sisters, our friends, and their moms and their grandmas. We just, it just comes from all directions in the women's world in our culture. And we see how other women interact. We see how others respond to them. And so we just kind of take on that this is what it means to be a woman at this time in this culture, in this religious tradition right now. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, we get a lot of positive social approval and encouragement when we take this on. So as as we're learning this, we're seeing this peacekeeping is 
is admired. It's talked about well. Um, and in fact, then there's the other side. There's negative consequences when when women don't peace keep specifically. Mm. In mm-hmm. fact, they're talked about negatively, right? They can be blamed or shamed. Why, like, why isn't she doing her job? Yeah, why are we feeling uncomfortable because she's not taking care of Right. Things? Yeah. Yeah. So this yeah. person should have been keeping the peace because that's her her appointed role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. That when when a child or a teen is exhibiting some kind of behavior that's out of control or, you know, shaking things up, then who who do we look to for that problem? The, the mom. <laughs> it's not the dad. No, it's not the dad. We don't typically go, where's the dad? (laughs) (laughs) Where's your mother? Mm -hmm. Where's your mother? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. We all make the assumption that mom should be the one taking care of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's just kind of in the fabric of our our society. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to establish that as we're talking about some of these important ideas because peacekeeping has an effect on your willingness to speak up when it's important. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, for obvious reasons, the, not the least being, if you're going to speak up, you are no longer keeping the peace. <laughs> so right. you are contributing to there not being peace if you're speaking up, especially if it's emotionally charged or this is something, you know, mm-hmm. or if it's about a difficult subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, we can talk about that in a little bit more depth in a minute. But let's think about what this peacekeeping idea means for you in your own life. Mm. Are you like, are you currently aware of the emotional climate? Do you keep tabs on whether people in your world are happy, stressed, irritated? You know, it might even be automatic. Mm-hmm. Having this spidey sense is not really the problem. It's the underlying assumption that you are the one responsible for it, supposed to do something about it, right? That's what can get us into trouble. Yes. Yeah, recognizing it is one thing, mm-hmm. but assuming responsibility for it, we're entering into a whole different realm that we may not belong in. Okay, so this is this is the, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, is the actual acceptance of responsibility. Now, quick caveat: not all women are like this, right? There are plenty of women who don't take on the undercurrent of others' emotions, mm-hmm. but this this episode is for those who do, because. Calm is not the same as peaceful. Right. Right. I just want to say that one more time and let that soak in. Calm is not the same as peaceful. Things can be very dysfunctional, but they can look and feel calm. They can feel familiar and and there can be no, you know, ripples currently. But that is not necessarily the same as peaceful. And in our attempts to be peacekeeping and enforcers of the peace, we typically tend to strive toward calmness as opposed to peace, which is deeper, more lasting. Anyway, so that's what we're doing. We're kind of teasing apart uh, these two different ways of being so that we can give you support in true peacemaking, which will support you in speaking up when you need to speak up. Okay. So this is, this is deep stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. So if, if you're one of those who is deeply aware of this, you're, you're sensing what's going on. You can tell, you know, what's, what's the emotional 
climate is in a room or in a situation or in your family pretty simply and easily, and you hold a certain amount of responsibility for that, then that's what we want to talk about today is the difference specifically between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Mm -hmm. Because there is a difference here, and that is in how you mentioned between just putting a facade of calm versus Mm -hmm. creating an atmosphere of genuine peace. Mm -hmm. And this can be tricky for women of Christ who believe in peace and that peace comes from the Savior and also have an understanding that women have a unique capacity to let peace flow through us because of, because like we mentioned, it is, it is often second nature to womanhood to have this, this peaceful way. Mm -hmm. But Jesus's way was peacemaking. It wasn't peacekeeping. He didn't step into that other realm of taking responsibility for somebody else feeling peace. He brought peace. And he invited others to the peace. Oh, okay. He created conditions for peace, but let us choose yeah. if we want to be a part of it or not. Right. Well, and that's, that's, this is deep because now how do we do that? How do mm-hmm. we do that? Because we have, we have lauded this term peacekeeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, for myself, it's mm-hmm. an integral part of who I am. It's my job to peacekeep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just it. And when I read in the scriptures, blessed are the peacemakers, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm so blessed when I'm making the peace happen. Yeah. <laughs> like making it happen mm-hmm. as opposed to Jesus's way, which was an example, an invitation, and then some patience while there's learning and growth toward that end. Well, and I think, too, it's in the way of, as we're looking at that word, I'm thinking, you know, when you're making peace for others versus being a person of peace Mm. who just makes peace because it's who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an important distinction. Important distinction. And we're going to keep reaffirming that because it is a little bit... It can be hard to decipher because in all of my earnestness, I can, and and my beliefs about the importance of being a peacemaker, it is just so, so easy just to take it too far. And this starts to look like, I mean, they can almost look the same. I would think so. So when I think about peacemaking, I start to think about this scripture in the Doctrine and Covenants, where we're invited to succor the weak, lift up the hands that hang down, strengthen the feeble knees. To Mm -hmm. me, those are the steps that you take to lift others, to create a climate of peace. And those are all really great things. It becomes problematic when I start to do those things to ensure that there will be peace. It's almost like that I, I take on an element of coercion in a way. Mm. My way of doing this is going to make sure that there is peace. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm going to do it in a way that that anxiously ensures that we're just going to keep things calm. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So any and all of those variants is where we get into trouble. 
Yeah. Because they aren't underneath peaceful. Right. Right. So we can be doing all of the things that look like they're peacemaking contributions, but they're not really. Oh, okay. Friends, this is hard. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, just even having the discussion about it to try to to explain the difference here is has been a challenge mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So one more quick scripture, though, that I think can help us get a little bit more clarity, and that is Matthew 6.33. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So this, this is an example, a wonderful example of service, mm-hmm. right? But when you believe that service is trying to make everybody happy, then you don't understand service. Because true Christ-like service doesn't try to manage people's feelings. When you're giving true service, and all are edified when it is a true service, you can notice another's burdens, you can lend a hand to lift them, but others are free to feel and respond in their own way. Mm. So in this case, whenever we are losing our life for the Savior, Mm -hmm. we will find it. This is the type of peacemaking that we were talking about. Yes. The stuff that comes from a genuine understanding of, you know, or, or seeking, I guess, to understand others' emotions and desires, being attentive to their actual needs, but doing it in a way that doesn't, A, force anybody's response, mm-hmm. and B, doesn't try to manage anyone's feelings. Yeah. Exactly. But that is a real challenge. I feel that challenge because I, I want to serve in the, in the Savior's way. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to do things that contribute to peace. But sometimes that's just not going to happen. Sometimes because service is not the same thing as living in the anxiety of meeting another person's needs all of the time. You know, we will go wrong in believing that we are responsible for someone else's thoughts and feelings and personal well-being. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between being peaceful, contributing to peace, and believing that you are responsible for keeping the peace. And that's the differentiation that we are really trying to make in this podcast, mm-hmm. is what actually is peacemaking. It is you bringing your being of peace. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a variety of ways of showing that. Absolutely. You listen. You make, you use humor. You sweep a floor. There's a variety of ways that, that peacemaking can, can be exhibited. But it's not an anxious, forceful, pushing, striving, trying to live up to standard. Mm-hmm. That results in somebody else's specific response. Right. Right. And I think that's the key, is the more it is tied to a certain response, then the more we're getting away from the truth of the peacefulness, which, like we've mentioned before in this podcast, women are wired for connection. I mean, humans are wired for connection, but women specifically, we are wired to maintain relationships. And we have ways of paying attention to that and understanding that, that, that it's very different from men. Mm-hmm. And so as we interact with 
others that we love and are close with, we can get caught in traps of not speaking up because it might threaten the peace and therefore threaten our connections. (sighs) Okay. This is hard. It seems sometimes that a lot of our podcasts just lead to, you're going to have to speak up regardless of your comfort level. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just going to be hard. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's a complete challenge. But again, again, and we'll reaffirm this over and over, the steps that you're taking to begin to speak up about the things that really matter to you and therefore to the ones that you love and are close to, those steps will improve your quality of life and their quality of life. Yeah. Yes. And that, that we both know mm-hmm. to be real. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been kind of floating around in the clouds here talking theory. Let's kind of bring it down a little bit to some concrete examples of what this might look like in a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I'll start, start with one specific example from my own life. When my husband was a bishop and we were living in Hawaii, there were times when our ward was growing quite a bit. We had a lot of people moving in and and there's certain expectations in our culture for you know, when someone comes and they're new and, and they want to connect and, and like you were saying, that desire for connection is really strong. And mm-hmm. so when you're in a leadership position, you feel also this desire to support and help those who are coming because, you know, they're feeling just new and unsettled and, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of emotion that goes with that. And so while we were in that process of welcoming families and doing this, I had one specific situation with a family who seemed to be putting a lot of expectations on to myself and my husband for for a lot of aspects of of their uh, their moving process w- mm. wanting us to fill social expectations help them with a lot of their their moving needs and and we were had we not been otherwise almost completely overwhelmed in so many other areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. It may not have been a big deal, but we were swamped. And this particular family kept saying, well, you know, these are the things and we need this. And and what about this? And we're lonely and nobody's reaching out to us. And it just kind of became this whining, we need help, we need help, we need help. But laying the expectation at your feet, like this is your job to take care of this problem that we have. Right. Okay. And this was communicated to me. So this wasn't being taken to the bishop in his office about these are concerns about moving Uh, here, right? So we can talk about it with the spirit of the Lord and under his direction or anything. No, it was just communicated to me. Right. The issue of connection. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Came to the woman. Yes. So it was important, though, because it forced some things from me. The first, it forced me to really ask myself, what is my responsibility here? Okay, my desire, my desire is always for connectivity. Well, and not only that, but like the desire for for her to not have to suffer unnecessarily. Absolutely. And, and make the connections and, and have a good mm-hmm. experience. And to have friends and for her children to have friends and for her husband to feel good in his job. But like everything, like I mm-hmm. wanted that mm-hmm. for everyone who was moving in. Mm-hmm. But this insistence of that it was mine and then I... And realizing that no matter what I did, I would fail at this because their expectations were varied and Uh rather large. And there wasn't, even if I could help in every possible way, 
her desire for connection was more than just me. She yeah. wanted lots of connection. Yeah. And I couldn't control any of that. So, no. so I had to really look. I mean, this was my opportunity to start seeing to what degree is it my job? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean for me to keep a peace or to help others find that in real ways for themselves? Mm-hmm. So, and my point about this is if we don't really know what our responsibility is, it might mean that an internal discussion just on deeply effective ways to just show love and support is in order. You know, we spend a lot of time, and I did at this point in my personal development, on what should I do? Yeah. Father, what should I be doing? How, what should I be doing to help this family? What should I be doing? And I think the better question, if I were to have been a peacemaker, hmm. would have been, how can I better just show this family love and trust that the Lord mm. can guide their process? Yeah. Yes. You make such a great point. I mean, the, the story is, is fantastic, but we come back around to this place where in some of the peacekeeping, there is an absence of faith that the Lord can take it and make it work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think we come by that honestly. Because we also have been taught, we are the Lord's hands. We're the Lord's, you know, we're his feet. Yeah. We're his casseroles. We're the ones <laughs> to reach out and to be yeah, the people to bring how, it in. Mm-hmm. And we are. Yeah. But again, it's not our job to manage everyone's feelings in this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, like that's the point that we're trying to make that in our efforts to be peacemakers and show up in a peaceful way like the Savior did, we do not have to take on somebody else's response as our responsibility. Yeah. Okay. So friends out there listening, what is it that you're thinking of right now that would be served by you speaking up? And in so doing, are you taking on more of a role of a peacekeeper by not saying things that you might need to say. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of the question we're putting out there to you. By not speaking up or not owning what, is, what you're really experiencing, mm-hmm. is it because you've internalized this peacekeeping role? And could we all work on shifting towards a peacemaking mm-hmm. that would still allow us the freedom and the openness to speak up in ways that we need to? Right. Right. Because if we want to fully understand how to be like the Savior, we have to recognize that although he always had a peaceful way of being, he didn't manipulate, he didn't contend, he didn't agitate, and he didn't condemn or destroy. Right. Many of the things he did and said did not result in a peaceful outcome. Many of the things, and they were important things. Now, many of the things had a chance to ultimately become peaceful. Oh, yes. That was, well, we believe that's his end to all of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But sometimes the process itself is not a peaceful process. Yeah. Which is what can scare us away from saying what we need to say, because then we enter into into that territory. Which is funny, because we've all lived life. (laughs) <laughs> we know it's not a peaceful, easy process. Yeah. We live it every day. Right. 
But when it comes to speaking up, deliberately speaking up, we are making a choice that will lead us into that arena on purpose. Yeah. And so it it just comes from a more deliberate place. Yes. Yeah, but we're going to we're going to do this together mm-hmm. in a way that can help us to see that it can be it can be just fine. Yes, absolutely. And we can come out on the other side and feel good and peaceful about all of our choices along the path. Mhm. Okay. So, just to kind of re- reiterate here, there is a difference between being peaceful and contributing to peace and then believing that we are responsible for keeping that peace. Right. So we have a great scriptural example here of the Savior who has just healed a blind man. And this is in the book of John, chapters 9 and 10. And in his healing of the blind man, he's caused an incredible uproar in the community because nobody can believe what's happened. And the Pharisees all want to make sure that it wasn't Jesus because they don't want him making them look bad because they've never been able to do that. And they've issued all these threats to the community that nobody can side with Jesus or they'll be kicked out of the synagogue. It's a really hot political time in the religious world. And so this is where we are here. The followers are coming to Jesus and saying, just tell us who you are. And so we can start in chapter 10, verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believed not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And he goes on to teach a little bit more. And then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. (laughs) So So, they're saying, well, if you're Christ, say it. Yeah. And he's responding, I've said it. Yeah. Yeah, I've said it. And so he's just telling them that he's not going to jump into this crazy circular kind of logical argument with them about it. And he responded in a peaceful way. And yet they're angry, angry enough to want to harm him. Jeez. Now, at this point in time, he does go on to to respond in ways that make them question themselves and put the stones down. But if we're going to be like the Savior and be peaceful as he was peaceful, we just have to recognize that we can also be strong like he was strong, strong enough to be able to handle whatever response there might be to the important things that we are bringing up or the important questions that we're not answering because we've already given an answer. Right. So it's clearly here you hear he did not feel responsible for keeping the peace. Right. Among these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Yeah, he wasn't responsible for what they didn't understand. He just yeah. kept teaching yeah. and kept steady and <laughs> stayed peaceful and stayed strong. And then they were left to sort it out. And interestingly enough, some ended up being converted and following him and then others went away. Right. 
So essentially, when we tie our peaceful way of being to someone else's response to us, we can inadvertently paint ourselves into a corner and become a slave to their comfort, their satisfaction. Well, and additionally, it uh, trespasses on their agency, right? Yes. It tells others that they're incapable of solving their own problems or, or managing their own strong emotions. You know, it's not empowering to try, strive to keep peace for others. Oh my gosh. Because I it does that. not communicate to them. You get to keep the peace in yourself and you can. Yeah. Yeah. You can sort through this and figure it out and mm-hmm. come out in a peaceful place. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we can assume that about each other, it'll change a lot of our ways of being, a lot of the ways of interacting. I think we will be able to enjoy more and deep, deeper connections that don't require so much of our time and energy mm-hmm. because we will just be allowing instead of trying to circle around and, and figure out how to manage, we will just allow people to exercise the peace within themselves. Absolutely. And they'll feel that in our presence. They will feel that in the presence of others. And we will all start to be able to just feel peace. Mm -hmm. Right. And not manage all the Oh my gosh. To be able to put all that down. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I love that. So I definitely come from years of practice in the naive belief that if I came into a situation from a peaceful place, then the other party would automatically join me and everything would just turn out beautiful and rainbows and butterflies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I lived in that delusion for decades. Yeah. Well, just keep being nice. Well, and what comes with that is the element of coercion is I am bringing the peace. Right. And you are to respond with peace. Right. So we can have the rainbow we are <laughs> we are entitled to that mm-hmm. I have determined on my own right. that we're entitled to. Yeah. So that is just to say if the result is not what you would like it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. That is often to be expected to get some resistance when we speak up. Yeah. But the true fruits of the spirit If you have brought peace and stayed with peace in your speaking up, it means that you won't be depleted. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like physiological response. Yes. Yes. You might be tired because giving and and having a presence to heal and to open up and even to speak up in all those ways, that can be physically exhausting. But at the same time, you will be edified and you will be easily refreshed, which is really important Mm -hmm. to remember that when you come from a peaceful place and when what you bring is peace, you won't have the same kind of depleted exhaustion that you experience when you're trying to manage that guy and all their feelings to make sure that everything stays peaceful. Hmm. You'll just be able to bring the peace and enjoy the fruits of having brought that peace, even if it's an opportunity for somebody else to grow, but that you can be easily refreshed. That's remarkable. So we can start looking for that as a byproduct of our peacemaking. Yes. Yes. That is the fruit of that spirit of peacemaking. Okay. 
I think another one too is that you will not feel yourself flooded with anxiety or control, the need to control or any resentment because the service or the sacrifice isn't happening at your expense. Oh, you know, yes. It will build both parties involved. So I guess that's in addition, like that same depletion, but you won't have these mm-hmm. negative feelings of, oh, look what I've done and look what has not come back to me and mm-hmm. see how I'm not filled. Mm-hmm. That won't be the experience. The experience will be all are edified yeah. together. Yeah. I love that. Well, and so how can you tell the difference? What we're saying right here is that the peacemaking, the peace bringing doesn't necessarily equate to convenient and it doesn't necessarily guarantee peaceful results, but you will maintain the peace. The peace will be the fruit of that experience. And peace in and of itself is rejuvenating. And just speaking, this is Jamie here, speaking from good knowledge on both sides of this fence. You'll know. Yeah. You'll know what the difference is. Sometimes when we talk about this in in these terms, it's like saying, have faith. And you're like, well, what does that mean to have faith? Does that mean I literally get on my knees or does it mean that I control my thoughts? In this way of peacemaking, in giving yourself permission to not carry other people's responses, but doing everything you know in your power. To create peace in your life and your being, you will feel the difference between your anxiety making and your peacemaking. Mm. It'll start to become clear in ways that you'll say, ah, okay, I get it, I get it, and I'm not going to go down the anxiety path anymore. I don't need that Mm -mm. because I, I can see the way. It will manifest itself. Yes, it will. It will. That's a great way to kind of wrap up things for us today, Jamie, that we can bring and maintain a peaceful way of being. And that is where our responsibility lies, Uh, is in ourselves. It's always in ourselves. Mm -hmm. You would think in a Speak Up podcast that we would spend a lot of time on tips and tricks, on words to say, But you'll notice that we feel very strongly that the words to say are less important than the personal way of being. Mm -hmm. And that the speaking up will be exponentially more effective, more loving, more connective, more enlightening, more fulfilling on every level if we hit it at the foundation. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for being here with us. It's been a pleasure. We hope to hear from you. If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, feel free to speak up on any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Speak Up Sister is there, or just directly on the website, speakupsister.net. Let us know if you think this is helpful or if there's aspects of it that you'd like to hear more about. I wish you a great week and good luck in your speaking up. All right, we'll see you next week.